0: Hello, hello, America. I'm Daniel Francis Baranowski, and this is The Frankly Daniel Show. And yes, I'm the Daniel and the Frankly part of this enterprise. And yes, this is my weekly exercise of our First Amendment rights. Welcome, and thank you for joining me today. George Orwell of 1984 fame said... The further a society drifts from the truth, the more it will hate those who speak it. And so we learned this week that Tucker Carlson and Dan Bongino are no longer at Fox News. This is a hateful loss, especially Tucker. Tucker spoke on subjects no one else in the news, be it cable or broadcast news, really had the intestinal fortitude to speak on. It seems that everyone was rather closed-lipped about what really went on with these partings between Tucker and Bongino and Fox News. But just recently, Tucker released a short audio clip of a reflection on his departure. Uh, Here it is.
1: Good evening, it's Tucker Carlson. One of the first things you realize when you step outside the noise for a few days is how many genuinely nice people there are in this country, kind and decent people, people who really care about what's true. NL. The other thing you notice when you take a little time off is how unbelievably stupid most of the debates you see on television are. They're completely irrelevant. They mean nothing. In five years, we won't even remember that we had them. And yet at the same time, and this is the amazing thing, The undeniably big topics, the ones that will define our future, get virtually no discussion at all. War, civil liberties, emerging science, demographic change, corporate power, natural resources. When was the last time you heard a legitimate debate about any of those issues? It's been a long time. Debates like that are not permitted in American media. Both political parties and their donors have reached consensus on what benefits them and they actively collude to shut down any conversation about it. Suddenly, the United States looks very much like a one-party state. That's a depressing realization, but it's not permanent. Our current orthodoxies won't last. They're brain dead. Nobody actually believes them. Hardly anyone's life is improved by them. This moment is too inherently ridiculous to continue, and so it won't. The people in charge know this. That's why they're hysterical and aggressive. They're afraid. They've given up persuasion. They're resorting to force. But it won't work. When honest people say what's true, calmly and without embarrassment, they become powerful. At the same time, the liars who've been trying to silence them shrink and they become weaker. That's the iron law of the universe. True things prevail. Where can you still find Americans saying true things? There aren't many places left, but there are some, and that's enough. As long as you can hear the words, there is hope.
0: So, is, is there hope? I mean, do you believe what Tucker said? We can, We can hope because the truth will win out? Well, let's take a few minutes and topically examine the points Tucker spoke about. They were war, civil liberties, emerging science, demographic changes, corporate power, and natural resources. So first, let's talk war. Just, just what are we doing in Ukraine? Has anybody figured out if the Ukrainians don't win this war, the consequences of that? What, what are we going to do? What's the next game plan? We don't get any information on this other than we're going to be there as long as it takes. What does that mean in Europe? Are we going to be defending the French as the French run to China? I, I don't have any idea anymore about what we're really doing in Ukraine and whether Ukraine can really win this war, even after Joe's been very, very slow on getting weapon systems to them. You know, and the other thing that really bugs me, allegedly, purportedly, the Biden influence peddling scheme netted a little over $31 million out of China, somewhere north of $40 million out of Russia and somewhere north of 11 million out of Ukraine. Somewhat curious, isn't it, that these are the three countries we're in the middle of all kinds of chaos with. Those that are flying balloons over our country, those that we're allowing to shoot down our drones, and those we see as just a giant sinkhole for U.S. funds. What are we going to do if we really have to go to war with China over Taiwan. And do you think we're going to go to war with China over Taiwan? I certainly don't. I don't see the upside of it. China is in the perfect position to do whatever China wants to do. And there's not a darn thing Joe Biden can possibly do about it. And why are we paying twice our weight to NATO? Yes, I understand it's the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, but... You know, Europe needs to be doing a lot more, and they have been skipping, 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 skipping for decades now. Given Biden's lies about Afghanistan, what are we to expect about the government leveling with the American people, even about the Ukrainian war that we're in, or what are we going to do with Taiwan? How how much are we going to spend on defense going forward? It seems like we're not keeping up. We're not even keeping up with inflation. And what about the demoralization of our fighting force over wokeism, over the Biden wokeism mandates? Civil Liberties was second on Tucker's list. Title IX, the creation of competitive women's sports in grade school through college and the threat of transgender women competing against biological girls and women is a real problem. It encroaches on the civil liberties of women. You know, if we simply did away with girls' and women's sports altogether, when we went back to unisports, sports everyone, boys and girls, c- together, competed for spots on a team. Would any of your daughters win a spot on any team? I seriously doubt it. And what about our First Amendment rights of free speech? Censorship and control of free expression and, and, and free thought. That's under constant attack, and I'm going to give you a. I'm going to go back and give you a real-life example of just what lies the government percolated in trying to censor us on so many things, just back in 2022. Fire firearms, the Second Amendment, constitutional right. Few people realize it that you know police and the sheriff departments. I mean, listen up. To, Police and sheriffs are under no obligation to protect citizens from one another. This is a very famous uh, Supreme Court case not long ago where a citizen sued the police department because they didn't get there in time to prevent what happened to them. And the Supreme Court said, well, they're under no obligation to protect you. You have your own obligation to do that. How are you going to do that without a firearm? And then we have issues of voting rights, photo ID, states' rights about voting, the issue of abortion, the issue of what is really justice today in America. And it's going to continue to come up. It's something called parental rights. What about emerging science? That was third on Tucker's list. There's a host of ethical issues are, are going to break very soon about advances in science, things that we can do that there's big questions about. And, and certainly that includes artificial intelligence. It's going to play an increasingly important role, particularly in medical and laboratory science. My only warning is, just just don't let Dr. Anthony Fauci anywhere near it, please. The next issue is demographic changes. Illegal immigration. Now, if you don't think that Democrats' open border policies are directed at changing... America's demographics, then you haven't been paying attention. Perhaps when Title 42 goes away on May 11th, you'll pay closer attention to illegal immigration when instead of 8,000 illegals entering the country a day, the number doubles to 16,000 a day or somewhere close to half million a month. We We already have more illegals enter the country Than the population of 22 states and people forget that we have something called legal immigration I mean when you factor in that we accept more than a million legal immigrants as citizens every year altogether the number of new foreigners over the last two years is larger than the population of 28 states and what about sex orientation and gender identity demographics now, here's something that may surprise you: a household pulse survey conducted between July 2021 and October 2022 from the U.S. Census Bureau re- revealed <laughs> revealed this. You just wait for it. This is really hard to get your head around. 1.7 percent of the silent, silent Generation, the Great the Great Generation, identified as LGBT. Lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender. My generation, 2.7% of baby boomers identified as LGBT. 3.3% of Generation X identified as LGBT. 11.2% of millennials identified as such. And we almost need a drum roll here. 19.7% of Generation Z identified as LGBTQ. What do you think of that? Perhaps we'll take that up in a, a future Frankly Daniels show. Pretty amazing, though, huh? It seems that fewer and fewer of us want to be identified as just straight people. I mean, it's not the end thing anymore. It's not hip. You don't get any attention for it. It's like so boring. Next on the list is corporate power. You must have noticed by now the rampant wokeness across corporations. There isn't a company or large corporation that doesn't have an overstaffed, very expensive department of diversity, equity, and inclusion. There are billions and billions and billions of dollars spent of shareholders' money on this nonsense. And all it really is is a workaround illegal affirmative action. That's that's really what it is. The only diversity they're looking at is skin color. And don't believe for a moment that all skin colors are equally assessed by this radical progressive political movement. And, and look at the battle between the state of Florida now and the Disney Corporation. Disney's demanding Florida re-grant them the right to be their own sovereign state within the state of Florida. I mean, that's really what this Disney suit is about the last couple of days. They, they had everything. They, they They were granted this land grant. I'm surprised they didn't build casinos on it, because if it had been Indian territory, that's what it would have happened. We'd have had casinos there. But instead, they built this nice amusement park uh, that's gone very, very strange. But fear not, uh, people in Florida still support Ron DeSantis, very much so in this dispute with Disney. Well, the last topic on Tucker's list was natural resources. And it appears we've given up on energy independence, because fossil fuels are evil. I mean, we're obsessed with climate change and what a bunch of nonsense it is. We're going to go to the poorhouse. We're going to become a third world country by the time the progressives are finished exercising their political power over all of us. We're going to allow China really to dictate our economic and military power as we become slaves related really to electric vehicles and green energy. I mean, China owns all of these resources which they're happy to sell. They're happy to sell us along with all the fentanyl we can possibly consume. Now here's a short clip of a gentleman called Daniel Turner testifying before the House Subcommittee on Energy last week.
2: My name is Daniel Turner and I am the founder of Power the Future, a group that advocates for the millions of energy workers, especially those in rural America. These men and women produce the energy which powers our homes and our nation and their jobs are under constant attack. Energy undergirds everything from our economy to our national security. Everything grown, manufactured, transported requires energy. And as energy prices go up, food and consumer goods have become more expensive. Our current state of high inflation is driven largely by administrative actions designed to significantly raise the cost of fossil fuels. No one has been hit harder than working class and rural Americans. We are producing less oil than we have in years because we have an administration that has promised no new drilling. As a result, gas prices are still nearly $1.50 higher on average than when President Biden took office. The proposed government solution, a $7,500 tax rebate on new electric vehicles. For most Americans who cannot afford an EV, which averages $60,000, that is not clearly a solution at all. So who is benefiting from these tax rebates? Data shows the average EV owner earns over $100,000, more than double the average salary. The tax benefits for going green are anything but equitable. The other beneficiary is the Chinese government. My organization has previously authored two studies, one showing how 70% of EVs and green technology are manufactured in China, The other showing how 90 to 95% of the rare earth elements in those technologies are sourced from markets dominated by China. As a consequence, every tax break, subsidy or government program meant to incentivize the purchase of EVs is really a direct benefit to China. It does not have to be this way.
0: Correct. It does not have to be this way, but unless we get up off our rear end and make some changes in the federal government, it's going to continue to be this way. Decisions made by the Biden administration around energy will increasingly and negatively affect America going forward. There's no two ways about it. Now, recently, we've been told by the Department of Energy and the Interior Department that conversion to green energy is going to require vast amounts of land, resources, and our seashores. Now, we're already killing whales faster than we can We're killing birds faster than we can in the heartland with these big wind turbines. They're very expensive to operate. They break down a lot, and they're extremely expensive. And you have to wonder, who's really benefiting from all of this? And what does it all mean? Now, I would add a discussion about our political power and our political system to Tucker's list. Tucker says that we're beginning to look a lot like a one-party nation. I would agree with that, given that Democrats vote strictly on party lines and more and more so-called Republicans also vote with Democrats. I, I for one, am increasingly worried about the elites, regardless of party, that they're all voting in their best interest, not in our best interest, but we keep electing them. We're the fools. Now, I would also add... Threats to the discussion, to Tucker's discussion. I mean, both Attorney General, as I like to call him, Meritless Garland, and the Federal Bureau of Investigations Director, Christopher Wray, they claim that white nationalists are the biggest domestic threat to the homeland. Do you believe that? Here's here's an audio clip of Gary Peters, who is a senator from Michigan, very liberal senator, He's a chair of one of the committees, uh, of the Homeland Committee, I believe, in the Senate. Now here's Senator uh, Peters' opening statement of that committee meeting just a couple of weeks ago. Pay close attention. I'd really like to know what you think about it.
3: Our nation also faces a number of threats to the safety and security of our communities that DHS must address. Domestic terrorism driven by white supremacist and anti-government extremists continues to be the most significant terrorism threat to the United States. I have continued to press uh, DHS to adequately track and report data on the domestic terrorism threat despite being required to do so by law. Uh, Senator Johnson and I authored the DHS continues to fall short on collecting and reporting these critical uh, if this critical information.
0: Do you think that the reason they haven't been collecting and reporting this critical information is because they're having a hard time finding any of this critical and important terrorist information?
1: Just, it's just possible. The press and the Democratic Party have a new label for anybody they disagree with. White nationalist. I'm not trying sure to know what white power is. I don't even know what white nationalist means. White supremacy, that's the problem. This is a hoax. How is it white supremacy? That's not white supremacy. Can somebody tell us in very clear language what a white supremacist is? White nationalism. Let's be literal for a minute what is that what is white White supremacy? supremacy we still don't know despite fervent and sincere efforts to find out what a white supremacist is so again what is a white supremacist well that should have been
0: recognizable that of course was tucker carlson asking a very simple question are there nazis in america is that what we're really worried about for heaven's sakes the marxist and the socialist and the communist in the country Running the Democratic Party, that, that is, that's already sufficiently scary. I don't know, do you, do you know any white supremacists? I mean, I, I don't. I mean, like on a scale from 1 to 10, where 1 is highly unlikely and 10 is highly likely, would you rate the possibility of a white supremacist terrorizing the nation? I mean, personally, I think it's a 1, like highly unlikely. So who is this message really directed at? White people, after all. That's Biden's claim that we're all racist. It's white people that are the problem. And then if you say something like this, you know, you get napalmed from cancel culture about all the ugly things that you are. Yet our diligent and praiseworthy Border Patrol agents have captured and arrested more than 200 illegal aliens currently on the international terrorist list as these people attempted to cross into America from Mexico. And we've already gotten reports that ISIS is re establishing itself in Afghanistan, only one of five countries that are primed for uh, this kind of setup with ISIS. It's the only country we don't have any over-the-horizon capabilities with, really. But once they get established, all they have to do is walk across the border. Now, uh, given that more than 1.7 illegal aliens, the so-called Godaways, have crossed into America completely scot-free, and we have no idea who these people are or what their intentions are, well, here in America, I might propose they could be a larger threat to domestic tranquility. You see, our, our Border Patrol agents are too busy processing millions of asylum claims by aliens crossing into America, despite that confirmed fact that 89% of these claims will eventually be adjudicated as false, bogus, complete fabrications. And the media and the radical left political elites, well, they bend over backwards to tell us that we're all immigrants and therefore we should welcome unfettered and unvetted illegal immigration despite the fact that no other nation practices open borders. If you don't believe it, just try and immigrate on your own into France. You go from Spain, you can just get, go, get over there, or, or, or any of the other European countries. Just see how that works out. Well, let's get back on track. Let, let me replay the last part of Tucker's message again.
1: Our current orthodoxies won't last. They're brain dead. Nobody actually believes them. Hardly anyone's life is improved by them. This moment is too inherently ridiculous to continue, and so it won't. The people in charge know this. That's why they're hysterical and aggressive. They're afraid. They've given up persuasion. They're resorting to force. But it won't work. When honest people say what's true, calmly and without embarrassment, they become powerful. At the same time, the liars who've been trying to silence them shrink, and they become weaker. That's the iron law of the universe. True things prevail. Where can you still find Americans saying true things? There aren't many places left, but there are some, and that's enough. As long as you can hear the words, there is hope.
0: Well, up to this point, I agreed with what Tucker has had to say. But here's where I begin to part company. I don't think the ridiculous wokeness of the left in particular is going away anytime soon. In fact, I believe it's spreading like runaway metastatic cancer. I find fewer and fewer conservatives willing to, to take public stands and push back on the new orthodoxy of wokeness. Say, Tucker, you stretched the discussion and pushed back on the radical progressive narrative and look where it landed you. I agree that the left is hysterical, especially afraid of Donald Trump. No matter how hard they try, though, and Lord, they have tried... They can't seem to shake the guy. But the left is more than scared, and I agree with that. They've decided to weaponize all instruments of government and to brutalize anyone who opposes them. Tucker, you say, when honest people say what's true, commonly and without embarrassment, two interesting conditions, by the way, they become powerful. I wish I was more powerful. I think I'm I commonly say these, uh, commonly, most of the time and without embarrassment. But this pronouncement desperately needs a qualifier. This is only true when honest people who make up the majority say what is true, calmly and without embarrassment, do they become powerful. And at the same time, the liars who've been trying to silence them, shrink and become weaker. Oh, I'd love to see that. This is the iron law of the universe. Where did that come out of? Game of of Thrones? True things prevail, you say. The further a society drifts from the truth, the more it will hate those who speak it. And that's where we are with the Biden administration. So believe it or not, Joe Biden is running for the presidency again in 2024. When, in fact, he should be running for the hills or a nursing home suited to his particular type of brain fog. Allow me to quickly read this piece that just came across uh, the wires. New York Times downplays Joe Biden's decline. American government can function without a healthy president. That's That's the title of this article. A New York Times columnist downplayed Democrats' concern over President Joe Biden's declining health Wednesday as he announced his reelection bid this week, arguing the country does not need a fully functioning president. The Times' David Leninhardt wrote in a newsletter on Wednesday, strange as it may sound, the American government can function without a healthy president. With regard to age, uh, I can't even say, I guess how old I am, I can't even say the number. It doesn't, it doesn't register with me. And, uh, but the only thing I can say is that um, one of the things that people are going to find out, they're going to see a race, and they're going to judge whether or not I have it or don't have it. I respect them taking a hard look at it. I take a hard look at it as well. I took a hard look at it before I decided to run. And, uh, and I feel good.
2: So
1: I think it's very important for us at every moment in time, and certainly this one, To see the moment in time in which we exist and are present.
0: Excuse me, but what are you talking about?
1: It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Every day it is time for us to...
0: Take a break. A very short break. And then it's time to come right back, because every day it's time to come back and hear the rest of the story. And do I have a lot of important information? You'll be happy you made the time to come back and hear. So hit the head, hit the fridge, and hurry right back. You know you're loved here on the Frankly Daniels show. And I'm not kidding.
2: We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger.
3: But sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer.
2: one thing remains true airborne viruses love us equally. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the advanced nasal solution Cofix Rx. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. Spray goodbye to colds and flus with a Cofix Rx nasal solution cleanse. That's cofixrx.com. Save 20% by using promo code
1: America Out Loud
4: Talk Radio. The Liberty and justice for all.
0: Hello, hello, and welcome back to The Frankly Daniels Show. Now, before launching this second half of the show, I'd, I'd like to take a moment to thank America Out Loud for hosting The Frankly Daniels Show. America Out Loud is, is an amazing, growing network of conservative voices who are taking full advantage of opportunities to speak out in the marketplace of ideas, American ideas, ideas about American exceptionalism, ideas that embrace our remarkable Constitution. Unquestionably, these are very serious and troubling times. And the curses of progressivism, socialism, Marxism, and perverted wokeism typified by the Biden administration, will not vanish on their own. They are here to stay unless they get serious pushback. The aim of the Biden administration is to centralize government and crush anyone, anyone who stands in their way. That should be so apparent by now. To that end, they're weaponizing all agencies and tools of government to crack down and silence opposition and anyone they see as a threat to their dominant rule over all of us. Now, if you want an example, just look to the trials and tribulations of one man these past seven years. That person would be Donald Trump. The Biden administration believes we are too stupid and archaic in our thinking to allow us to make our own decisions. They know better than us. That should be apparent when it comes to parents' rights, to voting, to deciding who should be on the Supreme Court, to deciding who should be our senators and and our representatives, to decide who should be able to broadcast the news and who should just shut up. So they're going to continue to play the charades around voting, allowing us to think our votes represent our wishes. Well, they Find ways to stuff the ballot boxes. But if you watch carefully, their intent is very, very clear. They will impose or continue to impose their political and ideological will until the American system completely collapses. That's the goal of identity politics and the agenda of utter chaos. And they will replace it with a one-party totalitarian government. Now, this isn't a conspiracy theory. This is, this is based on, oh, so many readings in philosophy and political science and just looking at what's going on day after day. But there is hope. I truly believe there is hope, and hope, and hope remains. But the, but the outcome depends on remaining informed. We've got to remain informed, to get informed, and to work at being informed, and then calling the Biden administration out for every evil move. And there's no shortage of evil going on in this administration. And we must take a stand at every opportunity to tell others what's really happening right here in America, and to back it up with the information that we've gathered, because the facts don't lie. And all this is happening to them, whether they want to accept it or not. Expect them to be incredulous when you try to talk to them. Expect them to push back with one-liners, because they've been constantly fed by the corrupt political propaganda media. Now, for at least since Obama got in office, I mean, after all, they have many, many other media lying to them every second of the day. To give you just a little perspective on how lopsided our news disadvantage is, Fox News is the leading conservative naval, uh, cable net network. I mean there's no doubt about that. Uh, on average, Fox News has just a little a little bit fewer than three million people watch the station hour in and hour out. Now with some programs like the five are about 3.5 million. Uh, Tucker happened to be the uh, second-leading rated program on the Fox channel. But overall, it's about 3 million. This doesn't even represent 1% of our population. And that's assuming you're watching Fox News 724. I mean, because although there's a lot of redundant news on the Fox station, there's new things that come up every hour. And if you don't keep on top of them, uh, you know, you have to find other sources for that information. Same thing with Newsmax. So what's the takeaway? We can't depend on Fox News and Newsmax to get the truth out to the American people. I mean, it just isn't going to happen. Instead, it's up to the 74 million Americans who voted for Donald Trump to speak to the misinformed 80 million Americans who often fraudulently and most certainly mistakenly voted for the brain-addled, corrupt, lifelong politician who currently soils the Oval Office. Again, I, I I, thank you, America Out Loud. Very seriously, thank you for being a platform that we can speak our mind. And I thank you for your listenership. We have our work cut out for it. Now, can I get an amen? And with that amen, the show goes on. Now, according to Buddha, I don't often quote Buddha, but occasionally it's it's helpful. Three things cannot easily be hidden, according to Buddha. The sun, the moon, and the truth. Well, in today's America, I agree with two of, the, of these three things that cannot easily be hidden. If you guessed that of the three, it's the truth that can be easily hidden. And if you guessed it was the truth that's hidden, that's, that's the correct answer. The progressive left buries the truth every chance it gets, or it perverts it. For instance, do you you remember when the Department of Homeland Insecurity surreptitiously, on the sneak, attempted to create something that is just an anathema, is a curse to our First Amendment and to Americanism? It was called the Disinformation Governance Board, Headed by Nina Jankowitz. now I, I'd like to take some time today revisiting this event, which exploded just one year ago, May 4th of 2022, before a Senate hearing on Homeland Security. Now, surely you remember, Miss Nina, the lady in the red dress on TikTok who sang
3: you hide a little, lie, hide a little lie, lie. It's how you hide a little, hide a little lie. lie. It's how you hide a little, hide a little lie. lie. When Rudy Giuliani shared that intel from Ukraine, or when TikTok influencers say COVID can cause pain, they're laundering disinfo when we really should take note and not support their lies with our wallet, voice or vote. Oh, information laundering is really quite ferocious. It's when a huckster takes some lies and makes them sound precocious by saying them in Congress or a mainstream outlet So this information's origin seems likely less atrocious.
2: <laughs>
0: Now surely you remember that. At first allow me to note, Miss Jankowitz recorded her catchy little tune on TikTok, a platform our government allegedly is trying to ban because of Chinese disinformation and the Chinese Communist Party data capture of all Americans on that platform. A platform Joe Biden is depending on to get the youth vote out for his 2024 reelection. Oh, the irony. And this is who the Biden administration, most certainly Claude Diddlehopper, a.k.a. Secretary Mayorkas, picked to head the disinformation governance board. This is the person they were putting all their faith in to censor disinformation. In truth, the disinformation governance board was nothing short of federal censorship of what Americans were mostly saying about COVID-19 vaccines and the Biden administration's COVID-19 policies. But if you were found bitching about illegal immigration or woke ideologies like critical race theory or transgenderism or sexual orientations being taught to your second graders or the Biden war on fossil fuels, then you were likely to run afoul of this very disinformation governance board. Of course, in Congress, calls still grow for Mayorkas' impeachment, and I think that impeachment should go forward. And I have another thing to interject right here. You know, the argument against impeaching Joe Biden, and Lord knows there is a laundry list that goes around the Capitol building of things you could bring up as high crimes and misdemeanors to impeach Joe well, the argument has been, been you, oh, God, you can't do that because guess what Guess what would happen? Kamala Harris would be president. Yeah, that's a pretty scary thought. But now that they're going ahead with the 2024 campaign and keeping Kamala on board, Joe is not going to serve out that whole term if he gets elected. He, can, he can't. He physically can't. I'd be surprised if he makes it to November of 2024. But if he does and you reelect Joe, you better count on the fact that Camilla is going to be the president during that term because Joe is not going to be able to maintain all four years. So what's the argument now about not going forward with the impeachment? It's a perfect time to do it. And I would start with Mayorkas. And I would look at a couple of other cabinet members as well that have miserably failed the American people. But Mayorkas is, is target number one. And even if the president replaces him, good. In the meantime, you're going to be able to bring out all the lies, all the crap that's gone on on Homeland Security, and you'll realize how tremendously insecure our sovereignty and your personal being is under this particular secretary. You know, Secretary Mayorkas was going to oversee this disinformation governance board. It was going to be in the Department of Homeland Security. Yes, the Disinformation Governance Board was going to be internal to Homeland Security and largely invisible. That was the whole intent. Just, it's like a a secret board. It's like Star Chamber. It was sort of like the 80 FBI agents stationed full-time at Twitter headquarters there to instruct this social media platform on who to block, who to censor, and who to suspend. All these things are going on and they were going to coordinate all of this, you know, censorship under the disinformation governance board. They were going to be the platform in which to inform all of the social media and the legacy media on what was to be censored, what was to be cut out because it offended somebody uh, or, you know, that uh, it, it, according to them, was interfering with their programs on vaccinating everybody and now we know what a tremendous disservice that was to America and, and you know what a slap this was in the face of liberty and freedom loving Americans especially doing all of this on TikTok which was going to be one of their major platforms to to get out who to suspend and and everything Ah, oh, it's, it's a disaster it's just it's as if the first amendment was never part of the Constitution. Is there not a historical reason our forefathers, our founding fathers made free speech the first and the cornerstone of liberty and freedom? The First Amendment is the First Amendment in our Bill of Rights. It's part of natural law. In other words, free and open speech, the free expression of thought. And it's a God-given right the right to speak your mind without fear of recrimination by the government. Now again, the board's stated function was to protect national security by disseminating guidance to the Department of Homeland Security and other agencies. You know, what who were the other agencies on how to combat how to combat misinformation, malinformation. Catchy, isn't it? Malinformation and disinformation that threatened the security of the homeland. We've got to protect the security. Now, here's a here's a short audio clip of Secretary Mayorkas on CNN in late April of 2022, explaining this board to the public. Take a listen. A, a different topic, which is uh, what you are calling your department is calling the disinformation governance board. You unveiled that. Uh, this week. Republicans are calling it Orwellian and comparing it to the Ministry of Truth in the novel 1984. Can you clarify what exactly is this? What exactly will this Disinformation Governance Board do? Will it monitor American citizens?
4: Dan, I'm very pleased to do so. It, it, it's clear, I mean, th- those criticisms are uh, precisely the opposite of what this small working group within the Department of Homeland Security uh, will do. And um, I think we probably could have done a better job of communicating what it does and does not do. So the the fact is that disinformation that creates a threat to the security of the homeland is our responsibility to address. And this department has been addressing it for years, throughout the years of the prior administration and an ongoing basis, disinformation from Russia,
0: Right. China. We know the Iran. problems, but it's still not clear to me how this governance board will act. What, what will it do?
4: So what it does is it works to ensure that the way in which we address threats, the connectivity between threats and acts of violence are addressed without infringing on free speech, protecting civil rights and civil liberties, the right of privacy and the board. This working group, internal working group, will draw from best practices and communicate those best practices to the operators because the board does not have operational authority.
0: Will American citizens be monitored? No. Guarantee that.
4: So what we do, we we in the Department of Homeland Security don't monitor uh, American citizens. You don't, but will this board change that? No, no, no. The board does not have any operational authority or capability what it will do is gather together best practices in addressing the threat of disinformation from foreign state adversaries from the cartels and disseminate those best practices to the operators that have been executing in addressing this threat for years
0: I'd like to play this last couple of sentences over again for you listen carefully and disseminate those best practices
4: to the operators that have been executing in addressing this threat for years.
0: Well, they're going to use best practices, and I don't know what best practices in censorship really is. It's pretty, probably a pretty interesting set of documents in terms of research into how best to go about, you know, shutting off information uh, that people would like to express themselves with. But this board was to disseminate those ideas and best practices to the operators out there, dealing with this world. Who are those operators? It's Twitter, it's Meta, it's Instagram, it's TikTok, it's all the social media and all the legacy media are who are the ones that are clamping down on our ability to express ourselves about vaccines, about immigration, about transgenderism, about abortion, you name it. And please remember, this is less than one year ago. On May 22nd, Of 2022, there was a Senate hearing about this disinformation board. Here's Senator Josh Hawley addressing Mayorkas about his concerns. Let's keep talking about
3: this disinformation board, if we could. The fact sheet from DHS on the disinformation board that you recently released, define disif- disinformation this way, false information spread with the intent to deceive or mislead. You agree with that, I assume? That's your definition? Yes,
4: I believe that's the definition. Um, on the fact bro- sheet. Broadly and broadly um, okay. uh, held. And, and uh,
3: you think it's important that the U.S. government combat this dis- disinformation, right? I mean, you've testified to that.
4: Senator, I, uh, what I testified to is when disinformation um, Threatens national security threat to the security of our homeland. Then we are engaged. Okay. All right. Good. And I, I presume
3: that's why you've set up this disinformation board. So let, let's have a look at the person whom you've selected to head this new disinformation policing effort. And let's look at what she has been spreading online. She has, for starters, consistently misinformed the public about the Hunter Biden laptop story and spread the lie that it was Russian propaganda. Here she is on October the 14th saying disinformation experts say there are multiple red flags that raise doubts about their authenticity, meaning the emails, including questions about whether the laptop actually belongs to Hunter Biden. Of course, as it turns out, that's totally false. This laptop has been authenticated both by government entities and by independent news organizations. She went on, Here she is again, the same interview, saying that we should view it, meaning the laptop and apparently the whole story, as a Trump campaign product. That is also a lie, which you know. You know it's not a Trump campaign product. It never was a Trump campaign product. But she didn't stop there. Here she is on October the 22nd uh, in 2020, this time taking to social media, saying that Biden notes 50 former NATSEC officials and five former CIA heads that believe the laptop is a Russian influence op, laundering here, using government, former government officials to launder the lie that this was in fact a Russian influence op, which of course is not true at all. Here she is also on October the 22nd, still on social media, this time saying the emails don't need to be altered to be part of an influence campaign. Of course, they weren't altered. Voters deserve that context, not a fairy tale about a laptop repair shop. Of course, we know the only person in all of this telling a fairy tale is Ms. Jankowitz on social media repeatedly for days and days on end.
0: Of course, have you heard by now the truth about how that letter of 51 infamous intelligence agents came about. Our current Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, a longtime Biden operative, asked the acting director of the CIA to collect 51 former agents and officials, all Democrats, to sign a letter trashing the validity of the Hunter laptop. This letter was prepared with the explicit intent of presenting it during the second presidential debate because Biden knew that Trump was going to bring it up. Now, not one, not even the acting CIA director at the time had examined this laptop. When Joe Biden told the lie in the debate, he damn well knew it was a lie. How is it legal, much less ethical, for an acting CIA director to be doing political activities? That's got to be against some particular rule or law. Well, let's continue. If you know anything about Josh Hawley... You know he's just getting warmed up.
3: How about a different set of examples?
0: She has consistently
3: spread false and misleading claims about the Steele dossier, which we now know was actually itself a piece of Russian propaganda. Here she is on December the 8th, 2017, responding, by the way, to United States Senator. She's responding to Lindsey Graham. She says to him, your party funded the dossier first. The FBI was investigating Trump since the summer, but didn't make it public. The American public deserved to know. This is false. The people who funded the dossier were the Clinton campaign, which we now know this has been verified. This is outright falsehoods, but she didn't stop there. Here she is on August the 7th, 2020, promoting Christopher Steele, the stooge who helped launder Russian propaganda including lying to the FBI about it, here she is lauding him as a trustworthy and legitimate source, classic disinformation. She says she listened to this last night, Chris Steele, yes, that Chris Steele, providing great historical context about the evolution of disinformation. At every turn, Mr. Secretary, she has used social media and the public to launder propaganda herself. She's also advocated law enforcement to be involved in policing speech online. Here she is in an NPR interview this year, just a few weeks ago, April 16th, 2022. This is Ms. Jankowitz, and I quote, I shudder to think about if free speech absolutists were taking over more platforms. We need platforms to do more and we frankly need law enforcement and our legislatures to do more as well And then she goes on to praise legislation in other countries that involves policing speech. Or here she is on February 17th of 2021, saying that the free speech versus censorship dichotomy is false and calling herself in a TikTok video, the Mary Poppins of disinformation where she sings that members of Congress shouldn't be permitted to spread misinformation on the floor and otherwise taking to task those who propagate views she disagrees with. Here's my question to you. If your intent was to combat misinformation online or in the government, why on God's green earth would you nominate someone who is a human geyser of misinformation?
0: Senator Josh Hawley continues to press the secretary over the veracity of his hiring practices. Were
3: you aware Uh, of these, were you aware of this information when you chose her, everything I've just shown you? I was not.
4: How could you not be? Uh, uh, Did you do any research on her? Senator, Senator, uh, I will not uh, discuss the internal workings of the hiring process. You won't? Of the Department of Homeland Security. Well, let me ask you about this.
3: I'm sure there are documents pertaining to this board, minutes of meetings, communications about who would serve on the board. Will
4: you release those to this committee, um, uh, Senator? There are not uh, yet this this governance. Board. Wait a minute. There are no me- there are no minutes of meetings about this board. It has not yet. You've not uh, created any records. It has not yet begun its work. Y- you've hired her. You surely had deliberations about hiring her. The, the the board has not yet met. You you had deliberations about hiring her, though, correct? Uh, I did not, uh, Senator. You just said that you are solely responsible for hiring her. in My capacity. As the secretary, I bear responsibility. You're telling me that there are no documents associated with this
0: board? On November 30th of 2022, Senator Holly sent a very strong letter to Mayorkas. I'm going to read the second paragraph from that. It says on May 4th, 2022, in response to my questioning, you testified the board has not yet met. That was untrue. Documents that your own department recently produced to my office show that the Disinformation Governance Board's steering group had met as early as February 4, 2022, and was meeting on a weekly basis. My time has come to an end, but I want to leave you with this one final clip. Until next week, God bless. Here, here's, here's the last thing I'll say on this, Mr. Secretary. We
3: have 2 million unauthorized migrants who crossed the border last year during the calendar year. We have 245,390 illegal crossings just this year in the Rio Grande Valley. And your priority is setting up a board and hiring someone who has gone to TikTok to talk about stopping speech she doesn't like, who has mocked, voters, supporters of the last president. That has been your priority. To say that your priorities are misplaced, I think, is a traumatic understatement. And the time has come, I think, Mr. Secretary, for you to resign.
0: I thank you for listening to The Frankly Daniels Show. Until next week.